Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, and welcome to the Josh Marshall Podcast. This is David Tainter. We are here for a special post-debate episode. I get the uh, the rare pleasure of introducing Josh on his own podcast. Hey, Josh. Hey, how you doing? I'm also joined by Kate Riga and Tierney Sneed. How are you doing? Hi. Hi, I'm alive. I survived. <laughs> so we're literally just we're literally just minutes uh, minutes after the debate ended, gathering here to uh, to share some initial thoughts. So Josh, why don't you kick us off? What uh, what was what was your big impression or your big takeaway from the night? I would say a couple things. Uh, the first is that right now, or if we go back two hours, uh, President Trump was losing. He's been behind consistently for a year. All right, you know, in some ways, maybe he's been behind for four years. Um, and so he needed something to shift the dynamic in his favor. And I feel very confident that nothing happened tonight to shift the dynamic in his favor. I think quite possibly the opposite. But again, he needed it to shift the dynamic. And I saw nothing that, nothing that tells me that that is the case. And so that is a loss for him and a win for Joe Biden, even if Joe Biden didn't really do anything because he's ahead. So that is, I think, the really the, the most important takeaway from the whole thing. Um, more generally, you know, I thought Biden turned in like a B performance. You know, had some B plus moments, maybe even some A minus moments, but basically a, a B performance. Um, Trump was angry and ranting the entire hour and a half. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, it's a shit show. What's the country come to? This was a disaster. And let's be honest. It was 100% a disaster because Trump was yelling and, and, and talking over Biden the entire time. People criticized Chris Wallace. He didn't, he didn't you know, uh, control Trump enough. That's, that's hard. That's hard to do. Um, and I think Trump came off in a way that just confirms all the things that people who either despise his presidency or really have doubts about his presidency, think negatively about him. Lying, off-point interruptions, taunting, and that one point about where he said, you know, Biden, don't talk to me about smart. I'm so much smart. I mean, what? <laughs> so I, 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 I thought Trump came off badly. As someone who thinks it's really important that Joe Biden be the next president, I felt a lot better after this debate. Tierney, let me bring you in. You covered the 2016 election for TPM, if I'm not mistaken, right? So you, you've you covered these Trump debates, uh, I guess, the last time around. What did you make of tonight? All the interruptions Trump, uh, Trump had, all of the 
you know, all of just him interjecting, cutting in. What were what were some of your thoughts tonight? Yeah, I was actually sort of discussing on Twitter, I think yesterday, maybe this morning, uh, just how I think we might have all sort of memory hold how weird the 2016 debates were. So this this performance from Trump, while shocking, is not surprising. Like, maybe he wasn't as angry or he wasn't at like a constant 11 in those debates, but he was weird. I mean, <laughs> you know, do you remember him just, you know, following Hillary Clinton around um, him screaming, you're the puppet. Like there were, there were really weird moments then just like there were re- really weird moments tonight. And it's interesting. Cause I think in 2016, because you have this lead up of like, you know, scores of GOP primary debates where just because the, the GOP base is different, you know, those, that sort of dynamic sort of worked for Trump when it culminated to this, it, it, in 2016, it was, again, just sort of like a culmination, but we've kind of haven't seen Trump debate for four years. So you can kind of forget that this is how he acts in this environment. Um, so yeah, I completely agree with, with Josh is that take that the way the race is Trump was who needed to sort of change people's perceptions of him. If he wants to overcome what, at least what the polls seem to show as a, as you know, sort of a bad position in the, in the race. And I don't think he did that. Can I, David, can I, can I add just one quick point there? I would say, I agree with you, Tierney, but I would say like in, in the 2016 debates, you had significant moments that were like this, you know, kind of like you, you just uh, taunting, talking over, blah, 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 blah. I would say this one, it was like that for the entire hour and a half. It was just the intensity and pers- and consistency of it just seem uh, more. But I certainly agree there was there was a lot of crazy shit in those twenty sixteen ones. But this was nonstop, nonstop. Kate, I'm I'm wondering what your thoughts were too. I mean, do you feel like we learned anything tonight? Do you think regular people who are watching this, you know, maybe undecideds? are going to change their minds in any way after tonight? Um, Was it useful in any way? What are your thoughts? Well, I think a big part of kind of the punditry and the commentary going in tonight was, um, you know, Biden needs to show that he can string a sentence together, basically. There's been much hay made of the Trump argument that he's, you know, losing his mind, that he's too old, um, that he can't be coherent. And that ended up really not coming into play at all because as, you know, Josh and Tierney have mentioned, Trump, after the first about 10 minutes, pretty much interrupted every single sentence said by anyone other than him on stage, you know, including getting into like a full fist fight with Chris Wallace 15 minutes in. Um, So I think that this debate was, you know, red meat to people who love Trump already, who love to see him kind of be a bully and beat up on other people and who have, you know, who take enjoyment from Trump seizing on Biden's, you know, declaration of pride for his dead son and kind of hijack it into a reminder of his other son's drug problem. But I think for anyone who was watching and has any sense of weariness from the last four years or is hurting in some way, you know, economically or emotionally or has lost someone to COVID, I'm not not sure what you take away from that that indicates that the next four years will be any different than this four years. And we did see what came up a lot is something we've talked about a lot on the podcast, which is Trump's whole 
ethos is running as an outsider and running in a, let's burn it all down. Let's drain the swamp. I'm going to shake things up. And in 2016, that approach had, you know, had the benefit of novelty. Um, but he's just, he's doing the same stuff over and over again. And he just can't figure out a way to take, to make a winning message out of the wreck that the country's in right now. So, you know, when he's held accountable for COVID deaths, it's, well, why'd you fuck up swine flu? You know, when it's, what about your stance on the military? It's back to Hunter Biden again. It's just, he is the same person we've seen for four years. And um, I think the only kind of maybe upside for him in this tactic tonight is that Biden just didn't really get a chance to do anything. And I think like Josh said, it doesn't really matter because this election is a referendum on Trump either way. But he did have some interesting attack lines, I think, uh, kind of going after the Trump populism argument in a few ways and um, kind of hitting the notes of Trump doesn't care about you. He only cares about himself and rich people. But in the end, I, I mean, I don't think it matters if the idea of this debate was to make um, the election less of a referendum on Trump. That didn't happen. Yeah. And just to piggyback off of one of your points, I think it was a perfect example of how the Trump campaign, both as Trump, the candidate and and the larger apparatus are constantly working at odds with each other. Because as Kate mentioned, you have this sort of messaging that was centered around Trump or excuse me, Biden being senile. But then they realize in the last week that they need to lower Biden expectations and you can't lower expectations if you're already calling him senile. So now it's like, well, he's on performance enhancing drugs. And then we we kind of that culminates in Trump just, you know, going nonstop that he doesn't even create any moments where this, you know, supposedly senile Biden could sort of flub in a way that could be weaponized. I mean, here's what happens when you're the candidate that's just screaming for an hour and a half it's really hard to make the argument that the other guy has, you know, got a screw, few screws loose. So I think, again, they they can't settle on exactly how they want to carry out this messaging, and Trump doesn't have that discipline. So it all kind of just collides in this very messy way. I, I would say, you know, in terms of the whole interrupting thing, there were a, I would say there were three or four, maybe 45-second runs through the debate where Biden just kind of, drilled in on, you know, what was, what was clearly, you know, something he thought out in advance, um, about, you know, uh, Trump, uh, cares about himself, not about you, um, had, uh, you know, a few things like that. And, and what, what struck me was in those moments, I was saying like, Trump is smart to keep interrupting him. Because when Biden actually is was is able to you know talk for 30, 45 seconds without uh, t- you know getting talked over, it's brutal. It's brutal, and it's not just because there's a brutal story to tell about Trump. He does pretty pretty good, right? Kind of summing it all up. So um, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree that I think. Uh, there was that there was that funny thing where a lot of there were a lot of times when Trump's you know Trump's talking over Biden he's Trump he's talking over Wallace and sometimes Biden had this look on his face kind of pained and a little weary like what am I supposed to do the guy won't shut up and and 
you know, those moments, I'm sure there are a lot of people thinking like, oh, you know, maybe that's weak. You know, you got to go head to head with Trump and stuff. And I had moments like that. There were moments, though, where he's like, you you, you got to shut up or you're just you're just a total liar. Some like some some slam lines that I think we're going to see again that well, like, you like had that yeah. tactic early on of just kind of laughing whenever Trump yep. would hijack it. Yep. And yep. I actually thought that was really effective because and it got Trump mad too. Oh, so mad. Yeah. That is yep. when he really yep. started interrupting in earnest was when yep. Biden was laughing at him because he can't stand being laughed at. And I thought that was kind of effective because, you know, what, what's your split screen from that moment? You know, you have like a flushed red face Trump and then kind of an easygoing <laughs> smiley yep. Biden. Yep. Yeah, yep. I don't think yep. that's yep. the worst yep. image to, to portray. No, I, I I totally agree. I mean, I, again, there, there were there were the times that I would say like two thirds of the times where, where Biden was laughing at him, which a I think makes for a good visual because being laughed at is 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 demeaning. And and, and especially if someone's laughing at you, you kind of come back like, oh, you know, whatever, you know, kind of that's not getting to me. But if you're like, and you, you know, and like you're, you're getting redder and redder, it's clearly getting to you. The, the, but then there were some other times where, 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 you know, at, at some level, uh, this stuff is alien to Biden. Either the, the taunting, you know, kind of nasty remarks. And there were those moments where it's sort of like, yeah, this look like kind of like I can't, I, I can't do this thing, um, and I think those were the, those were the ones that I think some people will say, oh, you know, didn't show enough strength. I think the laughing was better, but they were both fine. People don't. I, I think people need a lot of people need this to be over. They don't need someone who's going to necessarily go head to head and again through at least the first half and really kind of the whole the whole time you know there's a lot of people you know i was sort of watching the commentary on twitter in real time a lot of people saying you know wallace is failing he's not controlling trump he should cut the mic this is a disaster and like trump was i mean trump had to be taking up two-thirds or three-quarters of the time you know sort of like i am here uh but I don't think it was helping him. It's it it was it was it was just sort of gross and chaotic and stupid, which is like the Trump presidency. Well, and it's what is out of the two thirds of the time that he hijacked. You know, what are going to be the memorable moments or kind of clips from that night? You know, I think one of the biggest ones is when he was point blank asked to disavow white supremacists and he told the proud boys to stand by you know <laughs> i mean he was asked if he would support the peaceful transition wouldn't do that i don't know so i think he hijacked all the majority of the time and what do you do with it like like clobbed it clobbered himself in the head basically yeah 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 i thought one really good moment biden had was that in that in that thing about peaceful transition where he shifted that whole thing to hey vote everybody vote it's in your hands. And he had that really good point, like, you know, people worrying about him, like, you know, not accepting. It's not going to be up to him. It's really in your hands. Go vote. And he's just going to be done. It's in your... And, and I think that, you know, we don't want to be Pollyannish about all of the potential threats to the, you know, to the 
to this election. But at the end of the day, that really is true. And so much of what Trump is doing is trying to kind of psych the country out. Right. It doesn't matter if you vote because I may do weird stuff and Biden kind of bringing it back to, you know what? It doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter if he says he's going to go peacefully. He's going to go. He's going to be done. It's, it's in your hands. And that's a, that was, I thought that was a good moment. And, and um, that's a powerful message. Yeah. Well, I think that's all the time we have tonight. We have to get back to, uh, to writing and reporting for the rest of the night. But Josh, Kate, and Tierney, thank you for joining us. As a reminder, the Josh Marshall Podcast, as always, is sponsored by Grady's Cold Brew. We have a special 25% off promo uh, until Election Day. Not just your first order, but any order of Grady's Cold Brew at Grady'sColdBrew.com. Promo code TPM. I've drunk more than I probably should tonight, and so it'll be a, it'll be a late night. But thanks everyone for joining us, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>